got so drunk that I, by 11 o'clock, my last set, like, I couldn't see. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hearing in Colour with Matt Simon. This podcast discusses creativity and synesthesia. Synesthesia is a cross-wiring of the senses, which means that sometimes you hear music and see colours or hear words and taste things. Today I'm going to be discussing what it's like to be on stage and what it's like to be a performer at a professional level. It runs the spectrum from absolutely thrilling, thrill of your life to pretty mundane and pretty boring depending on what job you do. So I started playing music when I was at school, um, recorder then trumpet. So when you are learning an instrument, um, performing can seem a bit intimidating. Uh, Lots of people watching you because you know that you're not good on the instrument, uh, you're not uh, proficient and accomplished. So there is nerves, like, will I get it right? Um, am I doing it right? I don't want to see, don't want people to see me making mistakes. But also, there's just, you've had a lot less preparation. And as you become much more seasoned as a performer, a lot of those fears just drop away because if you're playing the same songs a lot, or if you're playing in sort of cover bands, wedding bands, a lot of the same repertoire comes back. And you've played those songs many, many times before. And the technical demands of the performance is well below probably what you're capable of so it's a very well rehearsed um, and deep in your muscle memory so when I'm doing a lot of gigs like that I'm not nervous at all because I know how to play the songs Um, I've done it many many times so it's not really an issue to be nervous it should always be exciting and some people say like oh yeah if you're not enjoying it then or if you're not growing you're dying or just give up but as a professional, sometimes you'll be playing music that you don't really want to play, but it pays. And it's an extra pressure on the performing because you get, and I use a slightly disparaging term, weekend warriors. Like, oh yeah, I like to do a few gigs at the weekend, all this kind of stuff. Like, But there's you're probably playing the music that you want to play and there's not as much pressure. You're probably not getting paid for it or getting paid very little, but that's not really the object of doing it. Whereas if you're working as a professional, your reputation is everything. So... Not like you're only as good as your last performance, but you have to turn up, be professional, um, be flexible, and just be a good team player. And then you'll get more work because unless you're a huge star and you can really dictate your own terms, which I'm not, you generally rely on other people for work and word of mouth. So it's how you are um, is going to affect not only that day's performance, but then future work and obviously future work being money. So it's very important to get things right, but just be a good team player it's um when you're playing lots of gigs like that you'll just generally be doing the same sort of things over and over again so it shouldn't be a problem but um some people will be less prepared or the called in last minute um alcohol is another thing uh, it can make you a bit more loose and I like to have a, a beer before i go on stage but just generally one and you don't want to drink too much fizzy stuff if you're singing as well the size of the venue and the stage can have a massive impact on your experience as well if it feels like it's too big for you or it's too small for where you think you are in your career or where you'd like to be. So if you play sometimes a very small gig, very intimate, that can be quite nerve-wracking as well because people are much closer to you and you can actually see them, whereas if you're on a larger stage, you can't really see the audience. It can often be just like a black wall and often that can be easier because you're not directly looking people in the eye. It's a... like a distance, like a step removed from the audience, so you can just kind of get on with it and enjoy it. Playing with my own band, Indigo, we mostly played uh, sweaty little dive bars in London, 
which was really fun. Uh, I would have liked to progress to play bigger ben- venues, but it's not the way things worked out, but maybe in the future. So that was cool. But then it's the the whole thing leading up to that, because um, especially if you're that young and you're doing gigs to build a career, that's the whole point of what you're doing. It's your high point of your week and everything is driving towards that. So you've got the day job and all that other kind of stuff around it. But then even on the day, you're on stage for a very, very small amount of time. So everything has to lead up to that. And there's dragging all your gear in and out of the car or on public transport if you're in the city, setting up, waiting to play. And it's, yeah, there's a lot riding on it, but that was some of the most fun I've had on stage. Um, and it's completely different when you play your own material as well to when you're playing for someone else. If you've got a well paid gig for someone else, then obviously you've got to get it right and um, do a professional job. Sometimes you might be just filling in on a pub or something, it's not that important. But when you're doing your own thing, other people might not realise the mistakes because they don't know the music, but for you it feels like a extra special thing. And when you play your own music and people like it, it's almost like a sense of acceptance from them. You're really, especially if you're singing, you're really bearing yourself open, like you're bearing your soul and saying, like, this is what I am, this is what I'm feeling. And then if people cheer back and really accept it, that's amazing. Obviously, you shouldn't use that as a self-esteem boost, but uh, lots of people in performing, uh, maybe lots of broken people and insecure people are drawn to that because you get an enormous amount of energy back from the audience. If you're good and they're liking it. <laughs> We've all bombed as well. One of the most interesting gigs we did, and I'll talk about this in detail about some other Indigo's gigs, we played a pub in Camden called The Fiddler's Elbow and we spoke to our bass player's landlady. She said, oh yeah, that used to be called Mother Redcap, mother meaning witch. And the site which the pub was on, it was a some crossing of some ley lines, so it was like a sacred energy site. And I remember the gig was mid-late December, it was really cold. And when the other bands played, there was some reaction from the audience, but it was still kind of cold in the building. But then when we played... Even though people weren't jumping around, the heat just like just grew and it was really, really hot. And um, she said, yeah, probably it's because you guys were working well together and a good band. And you'd drawn on the energy that was sort of latent in that area and then used it, which I found was really interesting. And that's another reason that I really want to play larger venues. So I'd love to work with the energy of an enormous crowd and... Uh, it's a sort of feedback loop when you're you're playing well. So there's you're giving off energy to the crowd, and then they're giving it back, and it just builds and builds and builds, and it can be an absolutely incredible thing. Again, if you're playing your own music as well, it has that extra special touch on it. So I'd love to do that and really, really just slam out some wicked songs and just get the crowd going and feel that pump of energy. It's some people say you know is it better than sex and I would say if I had to draw a graph, um, the actual high point of sex, uh, the climax, that would be probably the absolute most fun you can have because at that moment you are ecstasy, absolutely useless to the world. But then as you come down, um, I see that will come back down more to reality, whereas the high of being on stage is not quite as high as that exact point, but it's a massively sustained high. So overall could yeah definitely be more fun or it depends who you're doing it with (laughs) who you're playing with and who you're sleeping with of course the style of music has a big impact on how you feel on stage as well because some styles of music have much more energy than others a good band will have that i mean you could have a funk band or like a really kicking jazz band um, or a rock band that all they're tight players and really playing well they'll have that energy but 
you have certain forms of rock and heavy metal, uh, maybe some pop stuff as well, where it's amplified enormously. There's a huge amount of energy coming off the stage, and also physically because the speakers are pushing a lot of air. And when you have bands that really chug that chunky guitar sound, it it's just it's a lot of energy and when you play you are there's a band interacting together and that builds energy which then feeds back from the audience but sometimes it can also feel like you're you're channeling energy from somewhere else or you're channeling something and again so for me the most exciting times would be playing my own music but also being absolutely totally 100% sync in sync with the other guys on stage so we had one time uh, we have a song called potential and uh, the idea is that it's showing off our potential as musicians that was a kind of cheeky side angle but also exploring well if the hidden spiritual knowledge um, hadn't been hidden throughout the years would we be more advanced as a species right now so what would be our potential but very technical well ludicrously technical showpiece and in we didn't play it live because there's so many different sections to remember and it's just ridiculous but we managed to get through it once in rehearsal and it was incredible because it felt like like a telepathic link because we were all totally tuned in together almost like psychically so I imagine some sports teams have this um, or when you get into the flow with someone and it's, it goes beyond thought you're just connected and you just know what everyone else is doing it was like that and just for the nine minutes the the song goes for we were almost in this trance uh, of just perfection and then finished the song like dropped out of it and it was just incredible that was I remember that for us in my life that was one of the most incredible things I've done because it was so difficult and we absolutely nailed all the sections uh, I've got a podcast uh, previous episode listening and analyzing that song so if you listen to it you can see that it's crazy and to be able to perform that perfectly is something else who you're on stage with has a big impact as well, um, especially the Indigos playing with Masashi, this Japanese wizard on the guitar. Every time I played with him, it was a thrill, and he could drop my draw, my jaw every time that he played, pretty much, and just the thrill of him being there and him adding into what I was creating, just a thrill of like, oh wow, he's on my team, like he's in my band. Um, that was amazing, and. It's almost like kind of a gang thing or like a team, but you're you're together, you're working towards something together and everyone's on the same page. And then when it's at a very high level, it's almost like that telepathic link, which is, it's an unusual form of intimacy as well. Um, you can sometimes get that with people you haven't met uh, if you're playing material that you all know and you can all link in together. But that's what's really exciting about playing live and... I was playing on a cruise ship and often you have your back to the drummer so I was playing bass and we were playing I can't remember it's some jazz thing that we were improvising some slightly funky feel on and I've been playing with a guy for about two months by that point like pretty much every day and we we're playing in a small bar on the ship and I had my back to him but we were just absolutely locked in sync um, and I'd change a little bit and then he'd follow and we'd just playing together but without looking at each other and just sort of feeling that so it's it's an incredible thing to do that 
there's also going to be times where you just absolutely bomb and if you if you do enough performing obviously some of them are not going to be world class so yeah there's a saying is that you don't rise to the level of your expectations you fall to the level of your training which I like that um because especially with playing an instrument um there's a lot of muscle memory involved so you you know the songs and then say if you're playing a solo there's high level things that you can do but there's always um we were taught at college here's the kind of like basic level safety net so if it all goes wrong play this and you'll get through it so sometimes you find yourself just dropping right down to that but you can keep going and it's still professional level i remember one time i was working on a ferry and i'd announced the last song of the night and it was a bruno mars song i think it was um locked out of heaven and my mind just went blank and it wasn't just that the lyrics gone blank because you can have the lyrics in front of you to read but it was like 20 years of music experience had just vanished from my brain I couldn't find the note I couldn't hear it I couldn't pitch the melody line so I was like okay I'll just pretend I'm playing a guitar solo and I'll play something along and I couldn't work out what key it was is it in D minor or C minor and then so I was like oh my god this is not working so what's the next level safety net well just play some notes that are familiar to both keys and that should work and it was like a blind man searching in the dark for the notes it was <laughs> I saw some guy come up to take a picture and I just finished the song just before he took a picture and he looked a bit disappointed and my partner at the time uh, on stage she thought that was hilarious and was laughing about it for a good few days afterwards it was incredible it's just like my brain and all my abilities had just absolutely switched off not forgetting the words but just forgetting how to play how to sing it was just crazy and I couldn't really restart the song or say okay well that's it because I just announced this is the last one so I was just stuck in this two or three minutes of absolute hell playing on ships has been quite an interesting experience as well because you often play every day which is quite a step up from just playing at the weekends and um, so it builds a stamina in your voice and your fingers when you're playing but working on ships it can be quite rough physically as well it's quite interesting because we started working on a small ferry and it was the sea was at force 10 so that's quite rough <laughs> and literally the floors moving and the, the ship would be seesawing side to side and um, occasionally it'd be so rough that they'd just have to cancel the performances but I didn't really get seasick much. Um, I found it quite funny because like, the more rough it got, the more fun it was because, yeah, literally the dance floor was swaying and people were like, someone was falling over on the dance floor or I'd go up to the, some of the upper decks and visit the piano player on the top, sort of the Sky Lounge. And people were just, they couldn't walk because the ship was all over the place. So it was, people were staggering around like they're absolutely smashed off the face drunk. Very funny to watch. and um, Just gave the, the performance a bit more of an an edge you know it's just uh it's fun to do and i really enjoyed that and i've played on really small ships where um we were rehearsing and the piano player like his ass actually left <laughs> the piano stall because the front of the ship dipped so much and other performers there was a lady came on to sing and she just took her for her heels and just couldn't wear them so she's almost sliding around on stage and i did a solo show and i had to hold on to the piano while i changed my guitar sounds because literally the floor was moving so much that would have fallen over so that's quite fun, um, regardless of like how seasick the audience is or if they're not there because they're all seasick, but I really enjoy doing that. We'd sometimes play on deck, which would be nice if the sun was out, uh, not so much if it was raining. And I remember one time we'd been out to Barcelona for the day and then got back on the ship and we were a couple of pints in, uh, just nicely buzzed, and the sun was going down, this beautiful 
pink sunset and I turned around to look at the saxophone player and we just almost laughed like it was the first cruise job. I'm like, this is amazing. We're getting paid for this. Just standing out playing jazz just off the coast of Spain, a little bit drunk, watching the sunset. So that was amazing. One of the high points, there was um, Freddie Mercury tribute act came on board. Um, I was playing in the backing band for that night and it's the first time I played with them. Uh, it was awesome it was, uh, on guitar and there's a lot of pressure on the guitarist in a Queen show because obviously Brian May is so well known like even your grandma will know if you hit some of the notes wrong in some of those solos and I had about three or four days to prepare and I really really nailed it and uh, did loads and loads of practice apart from my other work as well that I was doing so I was playing sort of four hours a day on stage and doing three or four hours a day practice so my hands were aching a bit but absolutely nailed it and the production team really stepped up what they were doing not they were doing a bad job already but um, they built this whole rock rig looking um, stage set and it was just awesome and that's really my forte like real rock playing and so I absolutely nailed it and it was great that um, some of the other guest acts on board oh man that was amazing and even some of the passengers said oh who was that guitarist he was, he was amazing I said oh yeah that was Matt he normally plays in the duo in the pub and the passengers uh, no that's not him <laughs> uh, it was but yeah so totally my style of music, absolutely killed it. So that was a real high point. Been some low points around that as well, very much on the same ship and similar ships. Because if you do a gig like that, which is a residency gig, which you could be playing in a hotel or a cruise ship, you're playing pretty much every day, and you only have so much material. You might have a week's worth of material to cycle around, and you could learn some more material, but then well, you've got to take time out of your day where you could be sunbathing or swimming. So who bothers? <laughs> Sometimes uh, it was nice to play some jazz standards because then I can improvise a bit and so you're creating and it's something a bit different but it got incredibly boring like one of the longest contracts I did was around six months with uh, one just in one stretch and just playing the same songs like the same three or four days worth of songs for six months just mind-numbing and if you're there playing the same things for the same audience and if they're on there for a long time like a few weeks or a few months and they're getting bored of your repertoire as well, so you're bored, they're bored, and so you've got your day free, and then you might be playing on-off from like 6 to 11 in the night with some breaks, and then it just becomes a slog, like you're just turning up for work, and things have got a bit stricter now with drinking on stage, but there's been times where, well, they're like, yeah, just be a bit more discreet, or uh, we'll have some mini breaks, but sometimes, yeah, we get quite drunk just before stage, just out of boredom, or drunk during the day, and on Christmas Day one day, we... The staff had a meal with some of the officers and the captain was chatting to us and really funny guy and I got so drunk that I by 11 o'clock my last set like I couldn't see um, but I was playing guitar along to a piano player who's playing Adele and Amy Winehouse so it wasn't difficult but um, yeah stuff like that can just get really boring and if you're playing to people who aren't there to watch you or you're just background music it can be pretty soul destroying because it almost doesn't matter what you're playing and uh, sometimes they want to hear things sometimes they just want you to play really subdued in the background because they want to talk if they're having some pre-dinner drinks and like yeah I get that because I'd be the same I wouldn't want someone on stage trying to grab the attention like oh hey do you like the Carpenters here's a song by blah, blah, blah. they just don't want to know so some of those sets um, we played just instrumental stuff and I could have a bit of a, a noodle around do some solos which made it a little bit more interesting for me then also you can save your voice for the evening um, we had the assistant cruise director, so that's the assistant and entertainments manager, she put the programme together. She would often get us to play as much as possible because they were under 
a lot of pressure from the bars to sell drinks. So the only reason really we were on board was to sell more drinks, which is a bit depressing when you realised it. But she'd want us to just play as many sets as possible. But then you're getting quite watered down and sort of overexposed to the audience, whereas some other managers would say, okay, yeah, just play from, say, 8 till 11, but absolutely bang it out so it's more of an event. Um, so you'd come on, play some really high-energy sets, and then you're done. But then if you've got to play too much, then you have to really pace yourself and your voice is going to wear out. And then you're just you're not really doing yourself a favour or the audience. It can be a bit depressing just having to pace yourself and deliberately hold back because you know you're doing a lot and then you're doing a lot the next day and the next day. So in that situation, it can be very boring. And uh, I had an iPad with me, which a lot of musicians have for their lyrics or some chords. And I knew that all the songs backwards by this point. So I was actually playing Angry Birds on stage. So... In between songs, um, it looked like I was swiping to get the next song up, but I was actually working out what to do with the Angry Birds or just moving them. And I got through a lot of levels. I'd been stuck on one level for about two or three days, and it was like this Zen Angry Birds. So I'd play, uh, playing the song, not really focusing on it, and then thinking, oh, should I get the red bird first, or like do the little blue one? So I'd have a few minutes to think about it. And I got through two or three levels in a 40-minute set, so I was really happy about that. Obviously, no one else knew, but that was, yeah, something that I did. Weddings can be interesting, can be a bit like corporate functions. They can go sort of like one or two ways. You can have people who are a bit drunk and in a really good mood, or you can, they can just be a mess, like a, a pub Christmas party or something. Explain to my wife, like, imagine if you went to work every time and you think, I hope nobody knocks over my equipment or pours beer on it, because that can happen. And with weddings, like, if they're getting really rowdy and then the ties get taken off and then put around their heads and then usually shirts are off and then like that's it absolutely hammered just get out there as soon as you can it can be just kind of going through the motions like you play the first dance and then first set then a break then second set and then you're done you're packing up because i got married not too long ago um it makes me think of when i got married and see the happy couple and i think oh that's nice and yeah, they're usually in a good mood, you know? <laughs> not always. Um, sometimes the grooms are very shy and they'll be around for the first dance and then like not around much. Or Sometimes when people have sort of a lot of money, they can be a bit snooty, they're kind of nouveau riche, but then if some people have a lot, then they can be super nice. Uh, we did one, it was actually 21st birthday party, and the mother of the birthday boy came over and said, oh, is everything all good? You all set up? You all got some food? Yeah, okay, great. Now I'm just going to go and drink a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Not a glass of champagne, but a bottle. Um, and they couldn't be nicer. They're, Anything you want? Any more drinks? And so sometimes you get taken care of really well, and sometimes not so much. You're always like, oh, there's your room you can wait in, or just kind of hang around, or there's no food or drink provided. And you can be there. It can be a long day. Like you might set up um, at five thirty if you play in the evening, or if you're doing some afternoon stuff, you might get there for two o'clock and not leave till 12. So it's a whole day's work with possibly two hours drive each way. Then you're packing all your gear up. So it can be a long slot. You know, so you're on stage for two hours, but out of the whole day, you're not really, you're not really playing. And a lot of the time is spent waiting around. Uh, musicians do a lot of waiting and then getting to know the people in the band. You might have just turned up and not met them before, which is another thing that happens a lot. Uh, lots of agencies have a, a pool of musicians um, most of them are sort of regular, but then they'll call in different ones if they need a drummer or a bass player emergency on the day. And so quite often you turn up um, and you're a dep. I think it might stand for deputy or... I don't know. There's someone that fills in, basically. And so they'll have got the set list before, but you don't rehearse 
because it takes a lot of time and money and people often live in different parts of the country and then converge on the gig so if the gig is in say Birmingham in the Midlands you might have someone driving from two hours from one direction two hours from the other someone be half hour so it's not possible to meet up beforehand but you know the songs like Superstition, Mr Brightside, Summer 69 like Evans played the songs before so it's a bit like if you had actors that had all played their part with a different theatre company they all came together they'd be able to get through the show you know even if they had without rehearsals like they'd be able to pull it off so then yeah quite often you just chatting to people um that you've never met before or some that you have ideally and yeah it can be quite interesting uh but then the stage can be fun or depending on can you hear yourself um do you have good monitor systems or in-ears if you can't hear what's going on then that can be <laughs> obviously very difficult to play and that's can be more common for drummers as well they can be behind a drum kit and a wall of amps and just not really hear what's going on so they'll just play the song as they know them and then stop when it's done which is impressive so if you've said yes to a professional gig chances are you're doing it um, because if you don't you don't get paid um, most people are self-employed they don't get holiday pay or sick pay so the only reason you wouldn't be doing it is if you got really sick or possibly you'd sacked off for a higher paying job so yeah when you're there it's work so you've got to get ready learn the songs or busk it if you don't know them <laughs> um turn up and amateur bands who are just sort of doing it for fun um it's their it's their night out you know so they'll play and often this will be like in a pub and i've been in bands where the drummers come over and said oh hey great like the, the landlord said we can play another set if we want so we're doing that for free then are we uh, whereas professional bands, they will play the set and then get packed down as soon as possible. That probably the uh, the difference. If you watch a band and they've played, see how quickly they pack down, and if it's quick, they're pros. And that's not necessarily about not being in the moment, because yeah, you enjoyed the playing, but then if you got half an hour to pack down and then possibly a two-hour drive to get home, and you get home at maybe two in the morning after a long day, you know, you're driving late at night, tired and that's not good um for me tiredness is much worse than driving drunk i don't drive drunk but um yeah if you're falling asleep at the wheel that's incredibly dangerous so finding places to pull over or i'll often have some wedding cake in the car now on the way home just a bit of sugar or some chocolate to keep me awake because yeah it's not normal that you drive home at 2am well some people have different jobs but that's another thing so you you've come off stage uh late in your working day so for me, when I get home, generally I'm quite tired, so I'll go to bed fairly quickly, but some people take quite a while to wind down. Uh, they might watch a film, and this whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing, it's because you've just come off stage, and ideally had a real emotional high, and everyone's really good mood, everyone's high, but then this is generally quite late at night, and then it takes a while to wind down, or you want to continue partying, and then the only things really that's going to come close to that would be either very dangerous things, or sex and drugs, and also they have their own dangers. So sometimes, yeah, you come on stage and just like, great, I'm done, I'm finished, I want to go to bed. Um, with the more professional things or the playing for the people stuff that I do, it's, it can be weekends where, yeah, you're done. So you've got other things to do in the morning or you've got a gig the next day, so you want to be rested. So, um, yeah, you can't get hammered because you're driving home unless you work on a cruise ship where nobody drives and then <laughs> the drinking can very easily get out of control. Lots of musicians on ships drink a lot. Uh, the rules got a lot more strict since COVID, um, but 
yeah, we'd have drinks in before, in between, before, after, and again, it was just a coping mechanism, really, and I don't want to sound like I'm whining, um, because I'm not, but some things can get quite boring, and if you're playing the same things over and over again, or if you're, like, in the backing band for the main house band, there's certain set shows that you'd be doing, and there's not a lot of leeway with that, you know, you might be able to put a slightly different feel in on the drums or something, but, you know, you're playing set things, and it can be very boring, and uncreatively fulfilling creatively unfulfilling so yeah um <laughs> i've done quite a few drunk gigs but uh, <laughs> there was a saying on board it was if you can't do your job drunk you can't do your job which you could get away with that for musicians but obviously if you're one of the engineers or deck officers on the ship <laughs> that cannot apply we're getting a bit bored on one ship and the piano player i've been reading a book called effortless mastery and he said Put your entire attention onto every note. Make every note that you've played the best one you've ever played and try and have that sort of zen level of focus. And that really changed things because, again, we'd be playing our set shows and going through the motions a lot. But going through that approach and just making sure that you're trying to get perfection with everything or try and make it the best as it can be, it totally changes your approach. And really on stage, the enjoyment you have, it's, it's what you make it because you could be doing a small venue and having a great time and a really intimate connection or you could be doing a huge show and it's just like incredible energy levels and diff- different times of the day like when I was uh, starting out most of my gigs were at night because we were just playing bars and things and then playing during the day was uh, quite an interesting upgrade like playing some like small local festivals and uh, just playing in the field you know? <laughs> lots of people were there so that was cool so it's, it's great just to play in so many different places and then when you once you've played a lot very few things phase you because you turn up and they'll say right here's where you're playing today like okay and it could be the corner of a room could be a stage a stage off area could be the corner of a tent it could be anything so you become very flexible and I was playing at a beer festival in a pub uh, last summer and uh, one of my friends there said like how do you not get nervous like how do you cope with this uh, so well, I've just done it a lot like the songs I've played it's burned into my muscle memory into my hands and I've performed so many times that I know how to do it and it is my job as well but when you're doing your job you don't get nervous because it's something that you've done a lot even if someone's watching you do it you'd be able to do it so preparation is um, I would say is the one thing that will remove all your nerves or remove that will tackle nerves um, if you know what you're doing and that you know that your equipment is in order then there shouldn't be anything to go wrong you might make a couple of tiny mistakes but most people won't notice those playing different instruments helps keep things interesting as well I play guitar, that's my first instrument but also sing and play bass so playing bass, it's like playing the same song from a different perspective you're playing different parts and that can be really interesting as well some of the best moments of my life have been when I was on stage uh, I've had some incredible highs but then being a musician and the just the lifestyle around that there can be some profound lows as well and often they go quite closely together sometimes you could be having all sorts of issues going on and you just have to get on stage um, if you're really sick or maybe if someone died or some massive family emergency like that yeah you can pull a gig and someone else can fill in for you or you just have to cancel it but uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that if it's your job especially if you don't get paid if you're not going to turn up like you have to do it and this whole oh the show must go on 
it can be very difficult. I mean, you could be dealing with something like some family illness or going through a breakup and you have to get on stage and not necessarily smile as much. It depends if you're the front person or if you're singing. Um, a bit easier for the bass or drums to be kind of shadowed a bit at the back. But just to get on stage and have to do that. Um, obviously, other people have to go to work when they're going through bad times. Yeah, nothing against doing other jobs like working in a supermarket. Um, but having to absolutely shine and perform and entertain people and bring the energy of a room up when you're feeling so low can be very difficult. But that's just what the job is. It's easier if you're performing your own material because if it's your band and you had a really bad day or things are going badly. Again, so from a sort of heavy metal point of view, you could just slam through the first five or six songs, not even talk and get some of that energy out and then, okay, right, how's it going? But then if you're doing musical theatre or something, um, you're like, hello, how's it going? And it's <laughs> it's incredibly difficult to do that. Um, but people do it and kudos to them. So in summary, I want to have more amazing experiences on stage. I've had some good gigs recently and... Uh, because I'm seeing every week my voice is getting a lot stronger and it's match fit which is good so there's no nerves around that and it's consistent but yeah I really want to get some more originals gigs um, play loud with my bands um, I've got some acoustic arrangements that we'd like to get out there as well and just show people the music I've been doing so that would be cool and I look forward to doing that soon that will probably be crowdfunded and then I'll have some more stuff online thanks for listening and I'll be back soon if you'd like to earn money with no effort at all simply by having your phone on, the data's being sold around the world anyway, and the Tapestry app helps you take a cut. Link in the show notes.